0: Welcome to Murray Mysteries. to the podcast. Today's episode is something a little bit different. I promise variety, entertainment, and a healthy amount of educational content. So, we are branching out. I'm here with the Dr. Jane Seward, who agreed to tell us about her job as a clinical psychiatrist and share some of her case notes with us.
1: Thank you for having me, Miss Murray. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you for coming. I know this can't have been the most uh, comfortable location for you. First of all, how did you end up running a whole mental health institution
1: at such a young age? Oh, I, I guess I got lucky. I did quite a few internships during my degree, including at the institution I currently work at. They offered me a residency after graduation and then a permanent job. The previous director left soon after that and he offered me his position. You must have done an amazing job to climb the ranks so quickly.
0: I assume junior members of the staff aren't usually a first pick for a job like this.
1: I do my best, but I wasn't more deserving than any of my colleagues. Okay. Now, can you
0: tell us what your job
1: entails exactly? Mostly administrative tasks. The day-to-day running of an institution like this one requires a lot of paperwork, but I do get to take on a few patients to keep my skills sharp and conduct research. What kind of research? I'm generally assigned to cases that can't easily be diagnosed with anything in the handbook. I have a patient at the moment... Oh, uh, you want to play the recordings? If you
0: don't mind. Listeners, the very organised Dr Seward has agreed to share some of the voice notes she takes on the job to keep track of her cases. We'll still be here to interject if anything needs explaining,
1: but for now, take it away, past doctor. Great. new patient in today, and a promising case, I'll call him R in here for confidentiality purposes. Late 50s, impressive physical strength, very excitable, with periods of depression and some fixation we haven't managed to pinpoint yet. R has been with us for a few days now, and I've had the chance to get to know his case better. He displays signs of a few known disorders, but his symptoms are peculiar. He is obsessed with animals, started collecting insects he found in his room in common areas, spiders, mostly, some flies, and even a few birds. He uses a lot of his own food to keep them alive, even after we upped his portions, so we're somewhat worried about his nutrition. Although it seems like he is, um, eating some of them. Escalation is a concern in this case, especially since he's started requesting other pets. He keeps asking for a cat, which we of course had to refuse, We'll see how the situation evolves in the coming days, but this is an interesting case. Zoophasia, some kind of fixation, I need to do more research. There must have been a similar case somewhere, sometime, but if this hasn't been documented yet, this could be big. Right, to the books! That is
0: fascinating. Do you already have a diagnosis in mind?
1: There are a few possibilities, but I don't want to favour a particular one until we have more information. I'm hopeful we can diagnose him in due time, it's easier to treat a condition when we know what we're treating. Um, what happens if, I, if it isn't a known condition? In the unlikely case is something new, I do research. More research, more research on top of that. Take a lot of notes, ask for a second opinion, then a third, then I write a very long paper, have it peer-reviewed, and submit it to many, many, many academic journals.
0: That sounds like
1: a lot of work. But it would be rewarding, right? A new illness is quite an important discovery, yes, but the well-being of the patient comes first, and the best thing for him would be to get diagnosed and treated for something that has a precedent. Of course. Well... Uh, This has
0: been a great talk. I would love for you to come back and keep us updated, if that's okay with you. Um,
1: yes. Yes, why not? I, I just... Ah, I'll make sure Lucy's out. Thank you. Well, this
0: was Clinical Hour with Dr Jane Seward. Tune in next time for an update on R's mysterious condition. Oh, um, goodbye. I hope you all enjoyed that, because this week's personal update isn't the cheeriest. Sorry. I know, I I promised you uh, fun and entertainment, I just... I'm worried. Talking to you makes me feel a little less... ...alone, like I'm not just talking into the void. The past few days have been complicated. I have not heard from Jonathan in a while. At first I figured he has no reception, the place he was headed to was in the middle of nowhere so we figured this might happen, but I still got nervous after days without a sign of life. So I reached out for his boss at his firm, Mr. Hawkins, uh, to see if he knew anything, but he told me he just received an email from Jonathan saying he was leaving his client's place. Just one line, no time frame, no flight details, nothing. It's not like, it's not like Jay, I swear, it's not. He's usually open and communicative. First Christmas, after we got together, he went home to see his family and kept texting me about every single part of his day. When he woke up, what he dreamt about, what he had for breakfast, what the weather was like, what presents he found for his third cousin and the food. Oh my God, so many food pictures. Anyway, I tried to ignore it and uh, just wait for him to get back. It's been a few days now, and no matter how I think about it, there's no way it would take that long to get from the Romania to UK. Mr. Hawkins hasn't had him either, not since that one email. I keep thinking something's happened to him. I get this feeling of dread every time a phone rings. I wouldn't normally talk to Lucy about this, she's great at talking me out of a crisis, but she hasn't been herself either. She's sleepwalking almost every night. Her mum says it used to happen when she was a kid, but definitely not that much. We agree to keep her bedroom door locked at night. I sleep in here with her, so I can keep an eye on her and make sure she doesn't try to get out, but that means I keep being woken up by her moving around, and I'm not sleeping much. Lucy's mum thinks all the sleepwalkers gravitate towards roofs and cliffs and end up falling to their devs. So far, Lucy's only been wandering through the house and raiding the fridge, but uh, better safe than sorry. She's even more antsy than usual, too. Aunt had to fly back to the US, their dad's not doing great, so she's been dragging me into her schemes and keeping herself busy. If I have to spend one more night watching her do shots at the village pub, I might lock her in during the day. No, no I feel bad just saying it, but oh, come on. Jigsaw puzzles aren't worth all this, especially not when she keeps getting distracted and sending art pictures of the funny shapes. The weather's turning. I should I should go check on her. I promise the next update will be more fun. I'll do cartwheels or something. Wait, oh, you can't see me. Um, verbal cartwheels. I'll I'll do those. Oh. I'll talk to you next week when I've had time to figure out what verbal cartwheels are and how to do them. Bye. Murray Mysteries is a NOVE storytelling production. This episode was written and produced by Mae Tudick and featured Drew Victory as Mina Murray and Bevan Tankard as Dr. Jane Seward. Original music by Sophie Kaye. Thank you for listening.